in brightest day, in blackest night. No evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power. Green Lantern's light. Pretty cool, huh? Hi, everybody. I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 187. Future Shock! Wee! <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh. Yeah, we're, uh. I guess we're continuing with the retro review, kind of? That's exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> we're, con- we're continuing our return to the glorious days of yesteryear with Kyle Rayner. Back in, back in his glory days, his prime. So this, so this story arc is it's a it's a nice, relatively contained story arc, and it actually leads into, I guess you would have to almost count issue one hundred as its own arc, since it's technically now part of this or Emerald Knights. But it kind of leads into two other arcs that follow, which are still very interesting. Which I'm sure Chad and I are. It's on our short list to get to those two. So That's it's kind of like, yeah, it's, it's prologue. <laughs> The past is prologue. Well, this is prologue. But this is about the future. Yeah, it makes it even more complicated. The future past is prologue. Days of future past. Oh, shit. <laughs> As we record this, another appropriate reference. <laughs> um, so a little bit of a header uh, before we get started. I've uh, switched venues. By that, I mean I've moved all of five feet. Um from my regular desk over to the coffee table because the past few episodes, I feel like I've been kind of like, all right, Kurt, let's get these episodes over with, but not because I didn't (laughs) want to record, but because I'm sitting in a plastic foldy chair (laughs) and it gets really bad when you start recording too long in one of those chairs. So now I'm kicked back on the couch and I've got my laptop all set up on the coffee table next to me and I'm just laying down. So, if I fall asleep, you know, it's a good thing that I'm taking the first uh, issue review. <laughs> Maybe not for me or for everybody else, as I have to talk over the... <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know what I should do? Total tangent. I should leave call graph open and put my uh, laptop next to my bed one night just to see if I snore. <laughs> Like, see what kind of sounds I make, maybe if I talk in my sleep. Chad Bokelman, The Lost Tapes. Oh, <laughs> uh, Alright, so speaking of issues, we are covering the Future Shock two-part storyline from Kyle Rayner's tenure as Green Lantern, and this is issue number 98 and 99 from mid-1998. Uh, and these are the, uh, if the word future didn't... Uh, Stir your memories. This is obviously involving the Legion of Superheroes. Huzzah! <laughs> Mark's favorite team. Yes, or a reasonable facsimile of. Because <laughs> you look at this, at least to me, you look at this, the early spread in issue 98 when they're telling you who everybody is, and it's like, who in the blue hell are these people? <laughs> All right, so I'll go ahead and start us off. Uh, issue, Sounds good. Issue number 98. We open with... Uh, the Green Lantern Corps, such as it is, uh, trying to get away from some gunfire. 
and they're flying away in this little uh, construct ship. And we uh, turn the page, and there's a double-page spread, sort of, uh, of the Legion of Superheroes chasing the Green Lantern Corps, who, in this case, are villains. Not really villains so much, but thieves. Um, and as Mark stated earlier, we get the, the full layout of who the um, Legionnaires involved in this storyline are. Real quickly, Cosmic Boy, Saturn Girl, Livewire, Spark, Pharaoh, Starboy, Invisible Kid, XS... Ultra Boy, Leviathan, Triad, and Apparition. So, um, the Legion is chasing after the Green Lantern Corps, uh, and uh, evidently the Green Lantern Corps has robbed the Louvre uh, of a priceless artifact. The Green Lantern Corps tosses one of the security uh, the officers, security guards, I believe it's probably science police, um, while the rest of the Legion chases after him, uh, Cosmic Boy catches him, uh, and the excess uh, tries to grab the snatch the uh, uh, priceless artifact out of uh, the hands of one of the Green Lantern Corps members. Excess's uh, power is speed, uh, so he punches her in the face and throws her off the ship, and she is caught by um, by Leviathan. And uh, at the same time, Leviathan also catches. The Green Lantern Corps ship in her hands, and Leviathan's power is to grow really big. Um, and so at this point, one of the Green Lantern Corps changes the construct of the ship into a sharp form, which causes Leviathan to let go. Cosmic Boy says, "Don't worry, we've got a lead." Uh, one of uh, the the officer I rescued told me that there's a they have a Green Lantern in custody, so. We go over there, and but apparently he's actually asking for the Legion. So we uh, go to the to the headquarters of the police, the science police there, and there is Kyle Rayner behind bars. Evidently not the first time. Um, so uh, Livewire and Excess have gone to pick him up. He's explaining uh, that you know he he came along willingly and everything and. Hey, I met you guys before. Don't you guys remember? Um, and uh, he's, he says, no, wait, you were a girl then. <laughs> you got a sister? And uh, Livewire says, a twin. Uh, I'm assuming, even though I'm not familiar with this version of Legion, uh, that Le- uh, Livewire is Lightning Lad, because Lightning Lad is from the planet Wyneth, and Wyneth, they have twins, and there's a twin, uh, uh, Lightning Lad has a twin sister. So I'm imagining that's Livewire. Um, Makes sense. <clears throat> XS says, I don't remember meeting him, but hey, he's cute. Uh, so we cut over to Legion headquarters where Kyle is shaking hands with Kaz. Uh, by the way, for those of you unfamiliar, Legion fans call Cosmic Boy Kaz. Not, not <laughs> just FYI. Just in, say, in case I start, start giving people weird names. So you no start... CB? <laughs> <laughs> So he starts he he, uh, he starts talking to Kaz, and um, Kaz is like, "Oh, I'm not the leader of the Legion right now because uh, they have like a d- d- democratic system. Uh, not the same the same person isn't in charge of the Legion all the time. They take turns being leader uh, by ballot. Uh, and so uh, live uh, they're 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 talking about you know whatever happened the last time they met up, um, and we're gonna talk talk to you about." Uh, why you were basically Greenland? Uh, Kyle was arrested 
essentially because he was wearing a Green Lantern uniform. And Kaz is going to explain that to him. So he invites him into the you know inner sanctum, so to speak. Uh, and the Legion uh, Legionnaires are all gathered around the table. Triad, who at this point is split up into three. Uh, this is Triplicate Girl, for those of you who don't remember. Uh, Triplicate Girl is all spread into her three uh, pieces. One of them saying he is yummy. One of them saying he's okay. Uh, and one of them says he doesn't do a thing for me. So too hot, too cold, and just right. Um, uh, but excess is I saw him first. Um, so, uh, Kaz explains that the Green Lanterns are criminals, and Kaz's like, what? Uh, and th- then this is, Kaz explains that each one of them is a criminal. Um, uh, one of them's a leader, one of them is, uh, I'm not even gonna go through it. We can go through it individually when we, when we do the storyline. There's, there's eight of them. Um, they're dangerous, they're thieves, uh, and they're basically tainting the legacy. Uh, the, the sculpture that they stole is one of the history's greatest masterpieces. Uh, we don't know where to begin, but Green Lantern is here, luckily enough. Uh, can you give us some information about Green Lantern? Um, but Kyle's like, yeah, sure, no problem. But I'd like to ask an obvious question. Well, why hasn't the current Green Lantern taken care of the people leaving a bad name on uh, on the Green Lantern Corps, and there is no Green Lantern. Um, they don't have a record of that. Kyle thinks he must have passed his ring on, but he says, actually, we don't even have a record of you being a Green Lantern. So Kyle freaks out. Not only that, so Kyle starts thinking about how the fact that he's a failure uh, and everything that's been going on with him and Donna lately has got him down, but he's also got... Uh, now he's like, well, nobody ever heard of me. I must be awful at this job uh, type of a thing. <laughs> so a, a little more of the uh, <laughs> uh, unconfident Kyle Rayner uh, there. And so they're, they're talking about, you know, how, they, how they're going to stop him. Uh, you know, well, how am I going to get back home? You can send me home, right? Everybody's quiet. Uh, Kyle thinks he's stuck here. Time travel at this point has been made illegal by the Time Institute. Uh, so they shut it down. Uh, Brainiac 5, they're going to try it, you know, talk to Brainiac 5, see if they can send, uh, Kyle back somehow. Uh, and if not, you know, they, they offer to, you know, help you adjust if you have to stay in our time era. So, Kyle b- pulls himself together and starts talking about the Green Lantern Corps. Talking about Oa, uh, essentially. You know, I, 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 you know, he assumes that he'll, that that's where they would be, if anywhere, uh, so he takes the, the Legionnaires over to Oa, which is space, the final front. It's <laughs> uh, a joke Kyle makes. Uh, so it's Invisible Kid, uh, who is in charge of the Legion at the time, picks a ki- team consisting of himself, Alter Boy, and Spark, who fly out in a ship to, to, to investigate Oa's location with, with uh, Kyle. A while Kyle is out in space, space with excess. Uh, she's flirting and flirting, and uh, you know, saying they should get close and better acquainted. To which Kyle is trying to saying you're too young. Then bonks his head against something invisible while floating in space, um, and he touches it, and bam! This is uh, like a that's no moon. Uh, it's. Uh, <laughs> 
It's a it's a roundish Green Lantern space station. Yeah, it's a Green Lantern space it's a sector <laughs> house. Uh, it's a it's a Green Lantern space station. Access is trying to con- uh, contact the uh, the uh, the other Legionnaires. It's at this point uh, Jenny Access gets blasted by some green energy. She's down for the count. Kyle's trying to contact the rest of the Legionnaires. They're uh, being taken on by the uh, other four members of the uh, Green Lantern Corps, such as it is. Um, fighting, 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 fighting. Uh, the Zandarian uh, Green Lantern Corps member, criminal, uh, knocks Kyle down for the count uh, and takes him uh, prisoner and moves him inside, takes his ring from him. Uh, all the Legionnaires who are out on this mission are down for the count. Um, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the stuff that's hidden in the... That's cool. Sorry, I didn't even notice that earlier. Anyways, um, it, uh, the Zendarian takes the, the green... The, the Kyle's ring in his in his hands, trying to make it work, and the, suddenly it disappears! Oh my god! Uh, and suddenly it pops up in a little blue hand, and we see Ganthet approaching some creepy girl, uh, creepily approaching a girl in an alley who's sleeping on some trash. Uh, and it's Carrie Wren awake. He gives her the ring, says, "Hey, put it on." Uh, sounds familiar. Uh, and um, he must. What is with him hanging out in alleys, too, for God's sake? What is with him telling to, people to... He needs to hang out in the better part of the neighborhood. <laughs> this is where heroes reside, right? Uh, alley rat one, alley rat two. That's right. Um, she puts it on, uh, with very little questioning, I might add. <laughs> and bam. And she's drunk. <laughs> she's, she's sleeping it off. She's sleeping it off. <laughs> nice. Um... She puts on the ring, and whoa, she's Green Lantern. And next issue, a new Emerald Era. If only. <laughs> yeah. She filled out the outfit nicely, too. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. So, 99? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting my 99 on right now. So, we continue. Future Shock. Put de. So we see Carrie Wren making energy constructs and a banquet because she's starving because she's homeless and sleeping in a gutter. <laughs> and she's got cotton mouth. <laughs> that's <laughs> I think she's sobered up a little by now. <laughs> so you have Gantif floating in the air in his little Hugh Hefner-like smoking jacket, trying to kind of going like I told you, this is how it works because she's still getting quite either believe or buy into well, but anything you think of, you can pretty much make. So, you know, she's starving, so she asked him, can I eat this apple? You know, can I eat it? And he, that's when – and this is interesting because Kyle, Kyle – that was a compliment, Chad, because Chad and I <laughs> have talked about this before about, you know, the permanence of constructs and how it's been referenced in a few different story arcs. And this is one of the ones that we always come back to because Ganthet kind of gives you the – gives you the little uh, – a briefing, a little – Summary that, well, it's possible to make a permanent light construct, but it takes a lot, lot, lot of work and a lot more concentration and skill pretty much than she can even hope to have at the moment. So because clearly she cannot eat the apple, it's just still stay at apple as long as she concentrates and thinks about it. He Gantha proceeds to give her the breakdown and the history of the Green Lantern Corps 
tells her that you know the, what her ring, the ring that she's wearing, is the most powerful weapon in the universe, the weapon of the Green Lantern Corps. Her first response is what? Like those thieves? <laughs> and he goes, No, I'm speaking of the true Green Lantern Corps. And he proceeds to speak about the Guardians, how they brought their history, how they brought order to the universe, about the Green Lantern Corps, and we see Hal and Kilowog and Tomar and Arisia among in action, among others. Um, we see a flashback to Emerald Twilight when Hal became Parallax because the Guardians were wiped out. Since he mentioned that an Earthman was the greatest among them, he was referring to Hal. Then you see Hal wiping them out because he was the cause of their ultimate fall. And then he mentioned that he gave the ring a thousand years ago. He gave the ring, the last ring, to Kyle Rayner, the inheritor of the Green Lantern legacy. And it's when you get the big reveal, which is the reason why the ring can work for Carrie Wren, is because Kyle Rayner was his, was her, excuse me, was her ancestor. And since, for people who don't remember this about the, the Kyle run, that the one of the great things about Kyle's ring that made it unique was the fact that other than Hal for Hal, because of what used to be his ring and because of the power he had as Parallax, Pretty much nobody else could use Kyle's ring other than Kyle because it was tied genetically to his, you know, to him. It was tied to his genetic template. So Carrie Wren was able to use it because she has the same basic genetic template as Kyle being a blood, a blood descendant. Um, Carrie Wren doesn't seem, she definitely does not seem like she's up for this task. She makes it seem like, you know, I'm a nobody, you know, I'm homeless, I'm no hero. Ganthic kind of gives her a, a a pseudo pep talk, and it's like you know, if not you, then who? You know, we flash back to uh, looks like Le- to Legion headquarters with with Cosmic Boy. Basically, the f- it's the fact that they have not been able to c- contact any of the uh, other Legionnaires who went off with Kyle. They're all they're all missing in action, and Cosmic Boy, otherwise known as Cos, to make uh, Chad happy basically says he's going he's going to put a team of volunteers together to go find out what you know what the hell happened we flash back to or we've not flash back we cut to the the headquarter floating spaceship headquarters of the criminal green lantern corps kyle's getting smacked around by uh <clears throat> by tomar schwarzenegger there because that's basically what he looks like he's just he he's a zudarian on steroids for lack of Kyle's being slapped around. He keeps being asked, like, you know, what happened to your ring? What did you do with your ring? And Kyle goes, I have no clue. Uh, it, you know, it's like, uh, it only works for me anyway. So, but this, the, the ring just leaving me, that's kind of a new thing, even to me. Yo, ring, where is it? <laughs> what do you do with the ring? Get to the top I, I, I slap you now. You bleed three weeks later. <laughs> uh, Kyle, Kyle says, I have a couple of questions, though, for you. It's like, where are the Legionnaires? You know, did you hurt them? And then, and then we see they're all in little and in, in little energy construct, literally a small energy construct prison, like two each. Kyle picks and he continues. He's kind of like probing. He asks uh, Tomar, uh, "What's what's their deal?" Because clearly Kyle's been able to pick up that you're not really real Green Lanterns. I mean, it seems like what you can, but you're able to do with the ring is relatively relatively limited you know your constructs are pretty basic you know what's going on and uh tomar pretty much tells them that basically what they're doing is they are capturing the ambient energy left in space from the planet oa that kyle blew up (laughs) 
that basically was just a matter of con- creating a device, a siphon that could tap the energy, and then the rings act as transmitters to, to siphon that e- energy. So that's why it has a very narrow range of capabilities. But since no one in the twenty in the thirtieth century, excuse me, really knows what a hell a Green Lantern really is, as far as they're concerned, they really are Green Lanterns in the way they they really uh, are. <clears throat> Or the way they believe they would be, so that's why the ruse works. Um, Tomar, Tomar still, uh, he grabs Kyle. He takes Kyle. The um, they notice that the let's see, that the Legion, the other Legion cruiser, has shown up, which is the res the rescue mission. Uh, at this time, Carrie Wren shows up, and she mentions that you know I'm kind of here to rescue you guys, and she breaks and she breaks them out with. With like, almost like a caveman or commandy-like looking energy constructs, which is kind of an interesting choice. Uh, maybe because she was talking about descendants and ancestors. Maybe, maybe that's why it was on her mind. So Carrie, Carrie Wren helps break break them out. Uh, she's asking the captured legionnaires, basically, where's Kyle? You know, the one from the past. He, she needs to find them. Um, Access shoots off. Uh, because they're talking about the sculpture, they self-define the sculpture that the Louvre is missing. So she she shoots off, going to look I, to look for that. Uh, Carrie Wren says he's gonna she's gonna go after Excess. We cut back to Kyle with the pseudo core. Um, Kyle shows the benefits of some of his hand-to-hand training with an, another reference to Donna, as he KOs one of the the one of the female members or the female member. Of the of the new core, he runs away. Um, we find Excess, who gets uh, quickly followed by Carrie, and we see basically the siphoning device, the energy siphon in the center of the ship that is being used to power their fake Green Lantern rings. At the moment, then we pretty much at this point, the, you know, the Legion is pretty pretty much telling them to release the prisoners, or we're going to act. This leads into so. A few panels of straight out battles, just ba- battle action between the legionnaires and the in the pseudo core. Carrie Wren with excess, she's there and she's trying to do what she can to deactivate or, dis- or to destroy the siphon. She's having a problem with the ring. She's not really able to. It's be- too much work for her. That's when Kyle shows up. He basically takes her ring hand and he kind of points out. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, that he's, you know, he's he's done this sort of thing before, which in a way I think is re- referencing Green Lantern Zero when he overloaded Oa. Except in this case, uh, basically they use the ring to contain the energy in, from the siphon. So basically they use the Green Lantern ring to siphon all the energy from the collector. Uh, all the Green Lantern, the fake Green Lantern Corps rings pretty much start fading out. Their constructs start fading. They get they get taken out left very quickly. Um, there was some talk while this was going on about, uh, because obviously Carrie at this point knew Kyle was her relative, but Kyle was kind of stunned to find this, find this out. Kyle points out after the core has been defeated that, you know, there's a lot of questions that I have. Carrie, (laughs) Carrie Wren pretty much goes, well, let's get this out of the way first. And she gives him back the ring. You know, this ring belongs to you, especially after I screwed this up. And he goes, you and, she, and he, Kyle goes, are you kidding? I mean, considering what I did when I, you know, <laughs> my first time, you, you, you did amazing. And she goes, thanks. I mean, I'm not cut out to be a hero, but at least, you know, I got a little direction in my life now. 
And Kyle, you know, he says he's glad to have the ring back, even though he goes, he's kind of goes back to lamenting the fact that nobody knows who the hell he is or he's never remembered as a Green Lantern Corps member. But he says at least he, now he feels good that he has some kind of legacy. And he refers to the fact that, you know, his bloodline, bloodline will go on. Uh, the guard, the Legionnaires and Brainiac 5 shows up, is back, and they basically do their best to send Kyle back to his time. And as the phrase is, they're going to send Kyle, they're going to do their best to send him back, back to where, and I should say when, there are supposed to be Green Lanterns. So Kyle get Kyle gets sent back back in time. We switch back to should be the Louvre where the looks like it's looks like it's uh Carrie I assume it's Carrie. Maybe not, but either but it's uh excess certainly returning uh the statue, the the masterpiece that was missing, and we find out that the masterpiece that was missing was named Sorrow and the artist who created it, the sculptor was Kyle Rayner. So even though Kyle doesn't realize it, he actually has a long-lasting, important legacy, which has nothing to do with the fact that he wore a ring. Now we see Kyle waking up from his little time travel. You know, he's kind of confused because he's certainly not back in New York. He hears this conversation. So it's my power ring against yours, eh, Green Lantern? Let's see who wins. And Kyle kind of like, he's stunned. He's like, no, oh no, no way. It can't be him. And basically we find Kyle hiding last page. We see Kyle hiding behind a rock and we basically are seeing a, a showdown. I think the first showdown between, uh, Sinestro and Hal Jordan. And that is, that leads directly into the hundredth anniversary issue where Hal and Kyle team up. So thus ends future shock. And I think I found, I know exactly what I'm going to have for the teaser credit. After the credits of this episode, I already know exactly what I'm putting in. Which is what? The song. Gonna go back in time. <laughs> da, da, da. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I knew it would have to do something with Back to the Future. Uh, <laughs> uh, first, first things first, just because I love these. There's not very many Easter opportunities for Easter eggs from Daryl. In this, um, in these two issues, but just because I get super excited about these things, and there only there is one in issue ninety-eight, page twenty, page twenty, the little uh, things that they Trink- stole. Yeah, it's all the trinkets. Right? There's there's Doctor Fate's helmet. Yep, that's the fr- that's one that stands out. Cr- well, that's the one to me that stand out, stand uh, stood out the most right away. Right underneath that, I think that's supposed to be Aquaman's hook. Yeah, it could be. Uh, and down on the floor, not in that stasis field, is that the Guardian Shield? It could be. It looks like it is. Yeah, it looks like Guardian Shield. Um, I don't know what that A is. Let's see what else. I think that little box next to Guardian Shield is something. The scrolls, there's a book, there's a gem. On the other stasis field, is that Thor's hammer? That's what I assumed it was. Even though how could they ever get it in there? Unless I guess maybe if they maybe if they used the construct, I guess if they used a green energy, maybe they they could have got they could have captured it because they wouldn't have to physically lift it themselves. But yeah, that's what I assumed it was too. Now, when I looked at it. Now I know what this is, but do you? Can you can you see this? Right underneath Thor's hammer. Do you know what that is? I'm having a hard time making it out. That's Wonder Woman's but. TR. Yeah, it's awfully big, though. 
You gotta fit it over her big Amazonian head. <laughs> and then a loaf of bread. I don't know what the hell that is. Well, they do get hungry sometimes. If I, man, if I would have known what that that this was there, because I didn't notice it until we were reading through, it just didn't catch my eye for some reason. I would have asked Daryl about it before we started recording. Shit. Oh well. Hmm. That's cool. So, what did you think? I always enjoyed the story arc, even going back and re- going back and rereading it. And I, as I mentioned to Chad, I kind of had. Kind of read over the story arc uh, within the last month anyway, because I kind of thought this was something we might end up doing. Because I know, <clears throat> I know we're going to be doing Emerald Knights at some point, so kind of this leads into issue 100, which just rolls into Emerald Knights. Because kind of like issues 98 through 106 are pretty much really closely related. So it was, I kind of always liked the concept. You know, you had the fake, you had the fake Green Lantern Corps, and you know, Tomar Schwarzenegger there, and. Going, I always, I always liked the fact that Kyle's ring pretty much couldn't work for anybody but Kyle or Hal. No matter, and Lord knows, m- multiple people and machines and things have tried to tried to take it from Kyle during his run to try to get it to work for them, and it never did. So I kind of like that. Um, it made sense that in the short term, that uh, even though you would think Ganthet, you would think Ganthet really would have the power to be able to change the uh, linking or the linkage to, to the template. That you think he'd be able to do that if he really needed to find somebody who was who was worthwhile, uh, not just have to basically hope hope that hope that somebody who's related to Kyle is worthwhile. <laughs> but maybe it was the whole alley thing. It's like, hey, he was in an alley. You're in an alley. I, I'm sensing another winner here. <laughs> Wake up, you lush! It's time to save the universe. <laughs> so, what did you uh, what? Yeah. What did you think of the Legion? <laughs> and this story, and based on my limited knowledge of of the Legion, based on the story arc, even at the time, I thought they worked. I kind of I kind of enjoyed their their interaction. I mean, they you they really weren't that many members of the team. They got a whole lot of play play in this issue. Yeah, I mean, this was mostly CS Cosmic Boy and basically XS were the two that really had most of the screen screen time or page time, if you will. And that's and that's a, to a large extent because uh, XS is doing her best Arisia imitation to, <laughs> with Kyle. I'm not too young. <laughs> We're in the future. Um, f- fifteen will get him three million or something. <laughs> I don't. Know. I like. I really. I've always liked Carrie Wren. I. I kind of. It's still amazing to me after all this time that we haven't seen any kind of. N- no reference or no reappearance of Carrie Wren at all. <laughs> so, so as as a cry out to the creative teams out there, since you're bringing back all these other lanterns that have been in cold storage for for years, not as long as her, clearly, but you know, you, you can bring you can bring back the ones you've been bringing back. How about bringing back Carrie Wren? Do something with Carrie Wren. Future's in, man. That's right. <laughs> Have, if Kyle ends up back in the future again with his White Lantern powers and bump back into her or something. <laughs> Hopefully just not in another friggin' alley. It's like, <laughs> you still in an alley? <laughs> Jeez. That's it. I'm setting I'm setting up a, well, what is that called? A uh, trust fund. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or he's getting a vasectomy. <laughs> <laughs> God, 
God, seriously, all I can do is spawn losers. I'm out of here. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, uh, but she, I thought she was cool. She did pretty well with the ring, considering, and she had no training at all. Um, yeah, it was it, it was a clever it was a clever it was a clever concept, I thought, and I. I kind of always hoped we would revisit Carrie Wren. That's that's why it was kind of it was kind of fun back in the in the glory days of the of the Facebook Green Lantern game. May it rest in peace. That uh, I always I looked forward to when I got to the point of creating other Green Lanterns, and I always and I did and I did the Carrie Wren ally for, for the Green Lantern Corps because I thought because I always kind of liked her. I want to figure out what Kyle did when he was sixteen to get him put in jail. Maybe drunk driving. Maybe that runs to the Green Lantern family. He passed out drunk in an alley. Public intoxication. He snuck into the backseat of Hal's car when he was drunk driving. Here, drink this, kid. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with this Legion. Although I do, I did recognize Excess from Legion of Three Worlds. Which sadly, I was only able to get like one, like one or two issues out of that. I, I guess I, I don't think I ever put it on my poll list. I think I was relying. That's one of the best ones of the of the Final Crisis thing. Is Legion of Three Worlds. As a matter of fact, that might be one of the only things I did read from Final Crisis. Yeah, Final Crisis was not not very memorable. Uh, I I do have the I know I have the main the first real issue when uh Yat's trying to bring back the core or just or, or ma- making kind of like making the overtures to how to the fact he's gonna be, you know, become active again, which kind of leads to later on when he tries to bring back the core and everything so but yeah i heard good things about that about that storyline that was that, that was another one john's wrote so that would kind of make sense and i think art that by one. george perez yeah yeah that sounds remembering how it looked now that would make sense that was that it, he was the artist um as we know some of these these big events are hit and miss uh like forever evil which just finished up today mind you forever evil thumbs up very good <laughs> One thing I always liked about uh, the Legion of Superheroes, uh, Ultra Boy. Ultra Boy has, I think, all of the powers of Super Superman. I don't know about the Ice Breath and the uh, the Heat Vision, but definitely Super Strength, definitely Invulnerability, definitely uh, Flight. But what's cool is ever since they did the whole Legion Flight Ring thing. He can fly all the time based on the ring and, and and can use another power like super strength or invulnerability or super speed. So that's cool. Live, uh, was it Livewire? Was that his name? That was, uh, uh, yeah, Livewire. Uh, Livewire, that has to be Lightning Lad because they're, I'm looking at the page where uh, Kyle walks into the Legion meeting room. He's standing next to his sister, looks a lot like him. Planet Wyneth, they're all twins, and that, that those those two definitely look like twins. So that has to be Lightning Lad, Lightning Glass. Although obviously they're going by different names here. Pharaoh is Pharaoh Lad, and I thought Pharaoh Lad was one of the first Legionnaires to die. So I don't know if this is a different Pharaoh or what's going on there, because I thought Pharaoh Lad died, and I don't mean in Legion of Three Worlds. I know he died in Legion of Three Worlds. I just or or a version of him died in Legion of Three Worlds. I'm talking about before that, like in the, you know, a, a previous Legion story. Because we know he was still alive during Final Night, because Hal saves him on the Sun. Right. That's one of the last things Hal does before he takes out the Sun Eater, his rescues. 
Hmm. Right? That's that's that was him, right? It was Fer- or, I think Ferrolad, I think, was the one who was attempting to uh I don't. Uh, it's been them. a while since I've read Final Night. Did Feralize or the Legion involved? Yeah, they they pop back for a little bit, right? Yeah, I don't. I I think he. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what what the goal was, but I think I I think I think he was the one who was doing something heading into the sun, and then Hal shows up, um, and and that's when Hal makes his comment like, "I know how important rings are because I guess it's something to do something because his Legionnaire ring was going to be lost, or he oh, was yeah. about to give up, and then Hal's holding him in his hand and sends him back, and then he. Does his dirty work, so yeah. So, which issue did you like the best? It's hard to say. Um, probably ninety nine, just because I really like that pay- that one page uh, spread of the history of the Green Lantern Corps. Right, we both like that page a lot. It's a, it's a nice, it's nicely drawn, and it's a, and, it, and and the and the the tale that it's telling is important, and the fact that Ganthet's face is kind of in the middle as he's telling, you know, the the rise and the the rise, the fall, and, and the the second rise, if you will, of the Green Lantern Corps. I will give Ron Mars some props, though. We're never coming back to these people, right? This is a two-issue storyline. But he goes through and gives names and little snippets of history for each of these eight lanterns. Yes, and there were more than one female. There was more than one female. Yeah, uh, yeah. Tomar Rowe, Delanda Barr, D- Delana, Delana Barr, Flay Picari, Yutoro Borin. Which is the one that gets clocked. Yeah. She kind of looks like Lara, so she kind of looks like. Uh, Reno, Din Collis. Ninja. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one that doesn't have a name. Uh, and then Sparek. Or Mothman. <laughs> yeah. But, they're, they're, I mean, the designs are wholly unique, so good on you, Daryl. He gives names to them. He gives a little bit of history to them. Like, he even bo- they even bothered to set up a mystery, kind of, with, the, with this nameless one. Who has a mask over her face? She looks like a ninja. They say we don't even have a name on this one. We do know that prior to joining the corps, she was a paid assassin with a reputation for never missing. Prior to that, she used to be a Scalarian raider. So she's Boba Fett, basically. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but like, it's it's just funny that there's like they're setting up little mysteries for some of these people, like uh, Reno. No, no one's uh, no one's sure if there's any anything actually anything organic inside that shell. He basically looks like a big robot. That so like they're they're doing all this stuff to just like set up a little mystery or just it, it, it's really clever the way they do it. It's not like they're baiting us for something like oh you you know remember this this one page because we're coming right. back to this. It's like. The Legionnaires are telling Kyle what they know, <laughs> it's, and it's 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 cool. It's funny. So it's like the Legionnaires have done their homework on these little guys, and they're t- are telling Kyle things that are not relevant to us or the story. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. <laughs> I like that a lot. Was I was to be honest with you, a little bugged when Kyle started going into his atypical. Oh, I guess I'm not good enough thing. Because this is issue ninety eight. <laughs> yeah, that to be to be. I mean, even though we know Kyle was kind of designed to basically be Peter Parker with a power ring. That's the point true. Is that it, it is. It does get old, and that's why, from a philosophical point of view, because I like I like Kyle. I mean, I'm a, I yeah, like Kyle more, but I like I like Kyle. But when people say, "Oh, you know, you know, Kyle, and you know, if Kyle, if you know, if they both had equal power, Kyle could do fine against Hal." It's like, no, he can't, because Kyle always has self doubt. No matter what, he always has self doubt. Even later on in the series, he always he still he doubted himself. I mean, so I mean, 
So as maybe at this point, maybe at this point, but having the White Lantern experience and been through everything, maybe at this point, you know, his willpower might be. But then again, you go back to uh, the end of Wrath of the First Lantern when he seemingly just wasn't. He just couldn't. He made it. He just couldn't pull it. Use the White Lantern power, you know, enough to. Even though I guess they kind of gave it, they gave him an out with that Elizabeth Corridor because they said basically he opened the door for the Corridorians to come back if they wanted to. And, you know, he kind of they had to choose to come back, and they basically I guess didn't. I mean, they, so, but the way he was so quick, the way he was so quick to say, "Oh, I can't bring Hal back from the dead," he just almost brought back a planet. <laughs> but I di- But I digest. Uh, the point. The point is, uh, he always. Kyle is just always reeks of self-doubt. So, yes, it's annoying, especially considering he's been a Green Lantern for, like, about 50 issues now. Well, it's, I guess, it, if anything, it makes sense to doubt yourself now when there's no record of you ever being a hero or anything you've ever done. <laughs> like, history forgot about you. So I guess I guess that makes sense to an extent. And he is bringing his Donna baggage with him, too. Yeah, that's so true. That pops up all over the place. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, in, in the... In the God, you know, in the basic idea or guise of, of, of the structure of the story, it makes sense that he would have a lot of self-doubt because he would think that, you know, he's a, he's a failure because there's no record of him and blah, blah, blah. He didn't pass the ring on to anybody. But then he kind of figures out potentially why that might be the case because he got sent to the future. <laughs> he just kind of disappeared. So there was so the, his legacy would have been interrupted and he wouldn't have passed it on to anybody because he would be in the future. <laughs> so I, but still, it's, it's uh, and it was go ahead. good. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Nope. Uh, it's all you. Is is Carrie Wren in London? Is that Big Ben behind there? When at the end? Yeah. I don't. You mean right when they're about to hand the, the uh, sculpture back over? No, no, no. In ninety eight. Oh, in ninety eight. When Ganth when Ganth Gant is uh, hand is oh. got he's walking up sneaking up behind her. Watch it could watching it her could be. Because <laughs> that looks like Big Ben right there. It looks like Big Ben. I don't know if it. Uh, one other thing I wanted to say about this particular issue: this night, the, 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 this, w- there's ads all over this, and I'm not going to go into all of them. But one I just noticed somehow. Just noticed. I had no idea this comic existed. Did aliens kidnap the Dark Knight? Bat- I saw that too, and I was flipping through. Batman: The Abduction. Seek the truth this April in a 64-page special by Alan Grant. Norm Brayfogle and James Hodgkins. I have been through, I can't tell you how many back issue bins and, and again and again and again since becoming a comic fan. And everybody knows there are tons of Batman stories. So <laughs> when you're flipping through back issue bins, you've probably seen every Batman story that's ever existed. I have never seen this comic book in my life. <laughs> I had no idea this existed. I don't know what Batman the abduction. <laughs> Someone please God write in and tell me about that. <laughs> they probably only printed like five of them, Chad. So that's probably the reason why. I'm super curious about how that went. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's awesome. Uh, so, so something wrong about ET anally probing Batman is just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything on my utility belt to save me from this. Okay, um, nice to know that uh, everybody, <laughs> as if it wasn't bad enough she's sleeping in an alley, she's also inherited Kyle's I'm not good enough attitude. <laughs> it's a family trait. <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
<laughs> That's why Gantt sends a winner in her. She she she's in an alley though. To be fair, she's passed out in an alley. At least Kyle was the upright one. <laughs> but then again, look at the fans. For somebody who's homeless, she got some pretty fancy pants and shoes on. <laughs> fancy pants, Carrie Wren. <laughs> That's right. Uh, she got half. She's got half the costume on already, and she doesn't have a ring. Yeah, the first construct she makes in action is half naked men ripping up bars. <laughs> yeah, not counting the food. You're right. In action, you were correct. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we figure out that that she's hungry and horny. <laughs> uh, <boy>. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, we really do love the story, guys. We're just having a ball. That's all. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, when Kyle says, uh, remind me to thank Donna for the hand-to-hand training. Wasn't there... And I think it might have been an issue or two before the Parallax View storyline. Wasn't there a I moment right. where Kyle and Donna are going through Central Park and get mugged or yep. something? Yes. And she talks about I, she talks to him about, hey, you need to go through hand it. You need to learn how to use. You need a little basic. You need to learn how to fight using something other than the ring. Yeah, she she makes the point of saying that you know he's he's kind of taking the approach that you know I. You know, I. What's the point, really? I got this. You know, I got the most powerful, quote unquote, weapon in the universe. So, what? You know, what do I need? And her point was, yes, you're. That's true, but you still need to have something else to rely on just in case. So you should broaden your horizons, basically. So, yes, that's that's the that's the reference point to uh to that. Just because you because you know Kyle wasn't in particularly good shape or anything at that point. You know, he got tired pretty quick. So basically, if he if he really, and it was better, it'd be beneficial for him even if he, even if the ring didn't die on him, because obviously if you're if you're getting winded and your stamina is, is subpar, then that means it's going to affect your concentration too, your ability to to hold up and keep your constructs working and or efficiently. So it made sense. Yeah, but that's what about when I yeah every when I went back and started rereading these even a month or so ago. That's yeah. Whenever I, when I got to that that line that's what i thought of too is that i I do remember that scene when she was kind of writing him a little bit about just relying solely on the ring brainiac five is a douche as always (laughs) an arrogant know-it-all little douchebag uh but an awesome little douchebag this um this piece of art that he he has that that he's known for uh as kyle rayner not green lantern is this supposed to be donna is this something in other words like does, has this piece of art already shown up in the series? He did it of Donna or something? I don't think so. I don't believe so. I think I think that was something. Um, I could be wrong. I don't think that showed up in, in the series before now. Okay. I mean, it could be Donna. I mean, it doesn't really look like Alex. Because Donna, Donna lost Donna lost her husband and child, right? Yes. Okay. So that's why I immediately thought of Donna when it's when I saw Sorrow. And based on the references in the issue, that's a, that's a logical jumping off point too. Yeah. Of course, it could be some related to some future place they were going with Kyle. Or just that Kyle's so damn depressed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorrow. Yeah, and that that uh, that you were right there when we were talking about how um, when they're I'm sending you to a time there are supposed to be Green Lanterns. That 
really comes into play later on, as we can kind of tell by this uh, last page here. Yes. That'll be a fun issue, too, when we do issue 100. The first, the first, the first true interaction between Hal Jordan Green Lantern and Kyle Green Lantern. Since up to this point, it's just been Hal and Hal Parallax. So, so it's that was that is a good storyline. Plus, the first interaction between Kyle and Sinestro to see how how little has changed. <laughs> good times. Is there anything else about these two issues? I mean, other than the fact that they were awesome. No, it's just, like I said, it would be really nice to, it would be nice to revisit a lot of the stuff that happened in this issue. It'd be kind of cool to see this knockoff core again. Mm-hmm. And it'd be cool to see that. Uh, it'd be cool to see Carrie show up again in some capacity. So it was, it was good. I enjoyed it. It was definitely one of the better, most memorable storylines in the Kyle run. Certainly the early stages of the, the first half of the Kyle run. Yeah, this is good stuff. And I wish they'd do this kind of thing now. Yes. This two-issue storyline that leads into a six-issue storyline. But, but, notice how Future Shock and Emerald Knights are totally self-contained. Like, the only thing that carries over from Future Shock into Emerald Knights is the fact that Kyle was in the future, and he got sent to the, he got sent back home to the wrong time period. That's all that carries over. It's not like, you know, one of these odd Green Lanterns got sucked along with them and it's, you know, it's a whole thing. It's like these two issues are self-contained and then something small happens and then we, it leads into another storyline that is totally also self-contained. Mostly, though, I just like the two, then six, and then what well, after Emerald Knights, it was like Kyle trying to get his bearings again a little bit. It was it was it was good. It was like sh- you know short short long short short and short by short it was really short like these like future shock two issues. Um, uh, heroes yeah most heroes quest yeah, most, was three issues. Remember most of their arcs were like two or three issues yeah. for the most part. They didn't have there were not that many not that many story arcs that really lasted long and the, and the closest thing to long was. Something like uh, the original Ion storyline, which basically kind of effectively begins like around. You can count the lead into it with him and Nero building up, up to these basically the battle for the Ion power. But, 145 like one forty five to one fifty. Right, one forty four is is one. F- one was one forty five when he actually gets it, or was one forty at the end of one forty four is when he gets the one forty one forty four? I think is the uh, Graven's thing, the Graven storyline. The end of the Graven thing. 144, I thought, was the cover when Kyle was... I thought he was glowing. I think 145 was when he was riding the wave, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Okay, it yeah, it's 143 then. So, yeah, 144 <clears throat> through through 150. Yeah, and and once I... When I was doing my massive uh, search for Green Lantern comics over the weekend, as Kyle, Kyle again, as ha- <laughs> Chad and I were trying to figure out which storyline to, you know, to look at uh, for this episode... That I found all those issues of the uh, Ion storyline, and not all those issues are super, super important as far as Ion goes. I mean, we will cover them when we do the storyline, but I think that'll make it a little easier to go through because you know this, you know, there's the one issue with what with uh, more with a Jade kind of Jade centric, and but 
there are a few key issues that are, especially the first issue when Kyle was eye on himself. That that's one of the most critical issues mm-hmm. when you learn what he can do and what he can't do and what, how it wraps up at 150. But even that story arc is not compared to what we're going, what we're dealing with now in Core and Green Lantern. It's nothing. I personally like, consider his his fight with Nero as as the as part of that storyline and a very important part of it. Right, because I mean, you could very easily say it's the prologue. Too, yeah. Because it basically. You know, because once you realize, because they realize the power is there, they realize that basically Nero's trying to get it, and he's got to try to claim it. And of course, at this point, which I, I kind of like too, that ha- you know, Hal basically is Obi Wan for Ky- for Kyle that he keeps kind of showing up to give him the right advice at the right time yeah. to lead him in the right direction. So, all right, that'll be a yeah, that'll be a fun storyline to do when we get to that too. Okay, so uh, some listener feedback. Do you have uh, any emails, Mark? We have a bunch of emails. It's our most profitable week yet in the email front. <laughs> I know we have we have emails, we have emails, and we have emails. So how about we so, do email, Facebook, email, Twitter, email? Sounds good. All right, sweet. So our first email is from Scott, and he. It's the subject matter of his email was the unstoppable Braidman. <laughs> and he goes, hi guys. I had a few comments on your episode reviewing the GL issues 25 through 27. I, <coughs> excuse me. I agree with you guys. I found it strange that they just let Noel Ange walk away after she slaughtered Green Lantern cost site. And it was pretty weak that they needed the whole Green Lantern Corps to take down the Braidman, which are basically just a bunch of guys with guns. <laughs> I have a feeling the Hal Jordan fans are bummed out with his portrayal since issue 21. They're making him out to be a pretty weak character. <coughs> Excuse me. Jeff Johns did a great job rebuilding Hal's image, and now it seems like Venditti is kind of bringing him back to the 90s Hal that we're used to. Another weak point in the story arc is that they're really not making a big deal about the quote-unquote death of Kyle. And I agree with you, it seems like Hal doesn't really care. I guess it's because he thinks that Kyle and Carol were sleeping together behind his back. When Hal Jordan flew into the sun during Final Night, the whole DC Universe paused to mourn his death, and they even had a full issue dedicated to celebrating Hal's life. I guess the readers know that Kyle really isn't dead, so they're not making a big deal of it. I agree. Let's go back to the letters page at the end of the issues. I don't read any of the stuff they have back there right now. Great episode. I'm looking forward to the reviews of the Green Lantern Corps for the same issues. You've been teasing that this episode has been recorded for a few months now, so I'll just patiently I'll just patiently be waiting for it to show up in my iTunes feed. Haha. <laughs> Dedicated listener, Scott. What do you want to cover first in there? Uh you you cover you go with what you want to go with first and I'll then I'll then I'll then I'll jump in. Uh yeah, the whole braidsman thing. It just it... They make this big deal. You know, we already went through it. I mean, they, they made the big deal about uh, conserving energy and Hal should know better. And uh, Kilowog and Hal, really, they can't f- handle a bunch of people with guns. Seriously, uh, it, yeah, it it it's it's upsetting. <laughs> so thank you for agreeing with us. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that, Scott. <laughs> yeah, I and I think related to. Uh... I think related to the um, Kyle, related to Kyle and, and not making a big deal over his funeral. I think, yes, you have. They can't play it up as a huge event, as in, in the DC universe. They could, but they probably wouldn't because of the fact, as he, as Scott pointed out, 
the fact that, yes, we all know that Kyle's not dead. So it's not like Hal was dead. It was kind of a lame death as far as comic books go. They could have really explained a thousand different ways to Sunday how Hal never really died in Final Night if they wanted to. But they've all intents and purposes he was dead, and they wanted us to believe he was dead. So that's why, you know, when Hal went out a hero, when he had been there was a, there was more to it, I think, then. But Kyle, I think a lot of it has to do with we know that he's not dead. There's the fact that, yes, there's a little bit of it where, you know, Hal's not happy with what's going on between Kyle and Carol, even though as far as he's concerned at this point, it's just all Carol. So I think he's actually, as far as pointing the fingers, you know, where they belong, he's actually, as much as he's blamed anybody and, and shown reaction to it, he's kind of pointing the finger where it belongs, which is at, Car- at Carol's uh, her feet at her putting it at her doorstep because Carol's the one who's really developed feelings for for Kyle and based on her power anyway it's easy it was easier to to be aware of that now who knows what they're going to do and whether they're going to make it like Kyle's had these feelings for her too and it's been he's been repressing them I hope I really hope they don't that's not the way they're going to go but nonetheless I think that is part of it Hal's got a little bit of uh I, I'm not going to say animosity towards Kyle, but he's he's less than happy with Carol, and it's just because of Kyle. So that might be some of it, but I think you can explain most of it away. Is you're in the middle of a war, a big t- a big war with with shapeshifters among among a whole bunch of other you know alien races that are allying against them. The whole universe seems to be turning against them. So just the mere fact that they took time out to have that brief ceremony when they you know, we're dedicating the crypt basically was that's kind of was as much time as you would expect in the heat of the moment to have a kind of, you know, a tribute to Kyle and ideally under different circumstances when, you know, when, if they weren't in a war, yeah, I'm sure that at least as far as the core goes and they would be more recognition, even the Sapphires kind of referenced, you know, Kyle Rayner and, and his sacrifice when Carol was talking to Zamorans, when Carol was, you know, back on Zamoran talking to them. So, but I think that I think you can explain it, explain it away. But those basic, you know, those kind of three different explanations, I think, would I think give you a kind of reasonable outer understanding of the direction they probably or why they went in that direction. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, thanks for the email, Scott. Really appreciate it. You're always very nice. You always got our back, man. Appreciate that. Uh, over on Facebook, well, because because we have lots of emails, I'm just gonna do. Uh, some specific, uh, specific thing over on Facebook, and we'll go right back to email. Uh, I posted today that we would be doing this episode tonight about Future Shock. So I said, what are you doing tonight? Because we're talking late 90s comics. What did you think of the Future Shock two-issue storyline featuring the Legion of Superheroes? And I said uh, that uh, Daryl Banks, should uh, the artist on those two issues, should feel free to chime in because we'd love to hear his memories. And Daryl actually responded. He said, uh, I really enjoyed working on this story because it featured the Legion. My very first DC Comics work was doing Legion of Superheroes fill-in stories. Then all this led to issue 100, to which uh, Mark said, we need more Carrie Wren. And uh, John said, this and the following story are probably my all-time favorite GL stories. Uh, and I asked Daryl if XS had uh, her name as a superhero had anything to do with Johnny Quick's formula. Uh, there is no S in Johnny Quick's formula. I just remembered that. But he says, uh, uh, I don't know the story behind XS. And then he says, XS speed? Uh, and a question mark. So I'm, I imagine he's right on that count. 
but thanks for everybody who uh, responded to that real quick. It's it's good it's good to do it. I, I like doing it this way, kind of, kind of, t- even though it, it kind of takes some of the surprise out of it, telling people what we're going to be recording. So uh, especially for this older stuff, so we can have some reaction stuff to talk about when we actually record. That's cool. I agree. I think it's I think it's good to give people a. Uh, a heads up to what we're doing. I mean, sometimes it's good for surprises. So, I mean, um, even even if the surprise is that they may know that we're going to be covering, you know, they're going to be covering this topic, or we're going to be, I should say, covering this topic, but they don't necessarily know when we're going to be doing doing it. I mean, you have that, but some and sometimes it's good to just totally surprise with special episodes of, you know, maybe they didn't know it was coming, and boom, there it is in your face. But it's <laughs> in your face. <laughs> It's like, guess what? Collateral damage revisited. <laughs> Shit, you said its name. <laughs> well, I couldn't. I, it was funny when I was digging through that the the the, the mass of comic books that, that is my, you know, that makes up my Green Lantern collection. It's like, and I found I found collateral damage, and I just kept laughing whenever I found the parts to it. They weren't, which were not together, ironically. <laughs> but it's like, oh god, it's like, uh, here's a. I felt confident. Here's a story. I don't. I don't even have to bother digging these issues out and reorganizing them because I know I'm never going to be revisiting this on this show again. <laughs> Keep them away. So hop back on over to emails. Sure. And, and Scott was on a roll, so he wrote us again. Woo-hoo! Related to we related to the Green Lantern Future Shock uh, posting that you made. So he goes, hi, Chad Mark. Uh, I read on Twitter that you're recording Future Shock tonight, so I thought I'd pass along a few of my thoughts. Um that was a really cool story. I really like the police lineup of the evil Green Lantern Corps on page 10 of issue 98. Is it me or does Kyle seem more depressed about finding out there's no record of him being Green Lantern than when Donna broke up with him around this time? <laughs> Excess is all over Kyle on page 16, but it's funny that Kyle says she's too young for him. <laughs> Kyle should take a page out of Hal's book and stop age discriminating with Arisia in parentheses. Um... Carrie Ren is pretty hot, but her haircut is exactly the same as Kyle's, which kind of turns me off. <laughs> we have no such worries or problems. As long as she doesn't have a mustache, we're okay. <laughs> the ending of issue 99 with the reveal that the, you know, that, that the artwork was a portrait bust of Donna was awesome. There you go, Chad. Um, also, the cliffhanger ending with the young Hal... Fi- Jordan fighting Sinestro was great too. Overall, the two-part Future Shock story was great. Ron Mars and Daryl Banks are definitely hitting it out of the park with Green Lantern around this time. Thanks, guys. Scott. Awesome. Thanks, Scott. Again. <laughs> How many more emails? You're the man, Scott. You're the man. How many more emails we got? Uh, we have two. Yeah, Kyle. Uh, Kyle being more upset about not being remembered. I mean, again, we went over that. He. It's par for the course for Kyle uh, um, about not being good enough. Um, and yeah, I agree. Mar- Mars and Banks uh, really knock it out of the park. Uh, when I think 90s Kyle, I think Mars and Banks. That's all I think of. You know, a little bit of Judd Winnick here and there, but uh, mostly Mars and Banks. And uh, it's, it's good stuff. Uh, good, solid stuff. Um, let's see here. You want to do another email, and then uh, I'll do Twitter, and then we'll wrap up with the final one. Sure, that sounds good. Unless there was something <clears throat> you wanted to talk about in Scott's email. Um, I th- I think we t- we covered most of the stuff in in uh, that Scott mentioned. Ironically, uh, we did talk about the statue. That is kind of cool, and I and 
And it, it was a nice it was a nice reveal when you first read the story to realize that, you know, even though he doesn't realize it at the time and probably would you like to think, you know, after he created it, that maybe it would have become somewhat famous in his lifetime. But it's nice to know that even though he's not aware of how important and how relevant it is, that Kyle is going to be remembered uh, for something that he's done in a way. I don't know if he'd want to be remembered for that more than, you know, being a great Green Lantern since once he got the ring, obviously that became a huge part of his life, but it's still something that based on where his career goals were, his inclination or his inclinations happened to lead him, you know, that I think he would be happy and proud to have a, you know, a piece of art that, that people would look to in the future. And and obviously leading up to that point uh, created by him that people would just think was a masterpiece and he would be the art you know, the sculptor, the artist behind it. I think that was, it was a nice, it was a nice touch. Um, we talked about, you know, we, when you went through the different core members, uh, the, the, the breakdown of Tomar Schwarzenegger's team, it was a pretty cool page. Uh, the little mug shots, the little rap sheets. That was, it was pretty cool. And it was a good, it was a good arc. I mean, it, and it, it ends, you know, it ends exactly, Especially, especially in the days where I wasn't really pre-internet, but it, you know, but th- it wasn't as easy to find information about what was coming on, coming up, and what storylines were going to be dealt with next. You know, at that point, still, so surprises like that would have more, probably would have more pull and have more impact than than they would today. But it was good, and it was good. It was led to a, it leads into a very good storyline in one in issue one hundred, and you see the difference. The first, the kind of one of the first. Uh, the the truth of not counting you know being switched in, in that in that Green Lantern annual between Hal and Kyle that this is the first time that Kyle gets sent back basically at the the peak or the height of the Green Lantern Corps to actually see not only how, how the Corps operated but see how the Guardians operated see Hal was when he was young and innocent and how the Guardians kind <clears> of <throat> in a way see their own see the, the result of their own stubbornness too even though they don't quite realize that you know their their own actions help lead to knocking the dominoes over that kind of lead you to a Green Lantern like Kyle since they don't understand how he could be a core member, especially even Ganthet at the time. But yeah, I very good storyline. I liked it. If it's real, as we talked about the fact that it's self-contained is a plus. And even though like Chad mentioned, there's not a lot of stuff that, that gets brought out in this issue. And in these two issues that really, they reference back to down the road. It's still, even as a complete self-contained arc, it works. And I think that's, pretty cool and they could definitely learn from that these days all right next email next email from andy Uh, a random thought is the subject he goes hi guys i was thinking about how my feelings about the four main gl books in dcnu have changed over time and i think i put my finger on what is going on from my perspective please feel free to discuss or not as you choose to start, I will say that I fully appreciate that we all find different things in the books that appeal to our individual tastes. So this is all from my point of view. Others may disagree. At the start of the DCNU, we had the four books. Green Lantern itself is basically Hal's book. Green Lantern Corps was okay, but something was missing. Red Lanterns lacked the sense of purpose and direction. New Guardians started by telling a great story. Today, Green Lantern is still Green Lantern. Green Lantern Corps is nothing special. Rel Lanterns is really good and is vastly improved. New Guardians has become somewhat aimless. It finally occurred to me that the reason 
that New Guardians was good and that Red Lanterns is now good by comparison to Green Lantern Corps is that the two were slash are the exciting team up stories that Green Lantern Corps should be, but isn't. Think back to the old days where this was the point of having two books, one for Hal and one for the rest of the Corps as a team of buddies. I think that this underlines that there are too many books and that there could be a big improvement if there was a bigger focus on telling fewer but better stories about characters we can invest in. Keep up the good work. Andy, do you want to deal with it first? You want me to? Yeah, you go ahead because it, I, I, I'm trying to figure out what he's asking. Well, I think he's just – I think he's, express, he's, he's expressing his opinion on the four books, why he thinks they are either – Better now than they are than they were before, or worse, and or in Green Lantern and Core's case, exactly the same, and why and why it's not really working. Um, so I think he's, as he pointed out, it's just kind of his opinion, like we've talked about. But I'll I'll go first. I would say, I think a lot of the points that a lot of the things that he mentions are things that you and I have talked about previously too. Was yeah. probably the only really the only real exception to uh, Andy's. POV here is the fact that we like New Guardians. We think New Guardians is pretty good. Mm-hmm. And we and we don't I don't think either one of us personally thinks it's really aimless at this point. You could probably make a case that book as far as where it's building towards probably has more aim than maybe any of the other books. <laughs> well, aim, I think I think I, I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, I think it's less predictable of where it's heading. So I don't I wouldn't say aimless. I just think it's 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 hard to see where it's going, but it's obvious. It's definitely going somewhere. We just it's it, it's not predictable. Yes, they have him. It seems pretty clear they know where they're kind of building towards, what they're building towards, yeah. and where they're going. We don't necessarily know what it's going to be and where we're you know when we're going to get to the end of the road to see what it is, but we know that they're doing something. So um, yes, it may be it may be hard to to understand where it's going. Or hard, hard to maybe a difficult read because it just seems like it's kind of like telling individual individual stories that seeming that are giving you pieces that eventually are going to fit together, but just by reading the arcs a couple at a time, you know, may not you know pay any dividends. So I so I could kind of see where he's going with there, even though again, like you and I think you know New Guardians is one of the better books. Um, as far as the the team up concept, I think that's true because we've I know I mentioned that. And I think we both did actually talking about core that the irony is, you know, if it wasn't for the fact that some of the things we've seen, we're seeing in core, if the book wasn't just focused on one never ending storyline for pretty much the last year, that if these were smaller arcs dealing with not necessarily all the same lanterns all the time, but even if John was going to be the lead and you, and you just had different lanterns co-starring with him in a certain arc uh, and then switching up. I think the book might very well be more might be more successful because in theory, as he referenced, as Andy referenced, that team up stories are what the you know, Green Lantern Corps kind of should be, you know, with the buddy buddy factor with different lanterns. But yet, it kind of isn't that book now. It's not really succeeding in that way. And if the only thing I could point to or think of, and I, that's what I mentioned in a previous episode, was the fact that probably because it's this one, besides the possible for me, the idea that you know. I'm so used to the emotional spectrum fact factoring in now that having a storyline which has some remnants with fatality thrown in, but for the most part, there's not a whole lot of uh, referencing other core members besides the the constant, you know, <laughs> energy limitations. We're always re- the finite energy supply that we're always reminded of. Uh, the idea that 
this is a emotional spectrum less arc to a large extent. So leaving that out, the only thing you could point to is the fact that yes, it's a team up book. There's buddy buddy, especially with some veteran core members, uh, a lot of a lot of rookie or core members thrown in. But yet, it's just one huge story that not only is going on forever, it's not overly enthralling. That's the you know that's that would be my only take for core to figure out why it's not doing doing better. Green Lantern is. I mean, I think I think Green Lantern has changed if, when, if he's comparing just the whole DCNU Green Lantern, because obviously the book, I think, was a lot more focused on, for better or for worse, it was a lot more focused on just a, a main character or two main characters when the book started with Sinestro and Hal. And now Hal's still the main character, but it's core, it's core-driven storylines, which, again, a lot of people seemingly wanted. They wanted it to be less about Hal, less about, you know, less about teaming up with or, or fighting a different core member, um, red, green, yellow, red, whatever, and every other issue or every other story arc. But yet, because of how, how Hal's being portrayed, it's um, that could be the, dr- the drain on that. I think, like most people, we, uh, Andy agrees with us, and we, or we should say we agree with him, that Red Lanterns is very, very good, certainly compared to where it was. It has, if it did lack a sense of purpose and direction, which it probably did, if the core itself lacked a sense of purpose and direction, now the guys there, and since the, the the changing of the the creative teams, Red Lanterns has all that now. So that's why Red Lanterns is definitely a a big thumbs up for us. And I guess those would be my thoughts on on basically on his major points. Yeah, my only my only thing to add to that is I think the problem with Greenland, well, other than the endless Derlin thing, is the problem with GL and GLC is that Hal is core leader, so he plays a major role in both books. So, True. So I think I think that's that's the main thing though. But that's that's just me. And that I mean, I, the, there's nothing more I want to say the, 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 that I can say about that. It is I think that I think that is an aspect of the problem that Hal is core leader and he's spending a lot of time off of Earth, and uh, therefore he is showing up a lot in both books simultaneously and even when he's not necessarily physically in the book he does kind of cast a shadow in the book yes true enough let's see here uh jumping over to twitter um let's see here i posted up about the fact that we are covering future shock tonight uh and <laughs> scott was like i'll send you an email asap <laughs> uh <laughs> which obviously he did um, <laughs> yes, he did. Daryl Banks re- uh, replied to us, and he said, "Besides Green Lantern, Silver Surfer, Future Shock was one of my all-time favorite stories to work on." So awesome! I like that Daryl interacts with us so much. That's cool. Who would have known? Um, <laughs> see here, I'm just trying to find stuff uh, based on uh, Future Shock. Uh, James retweeted us. Thanks, James. And yeah, that's that's our old producer, James. Uh, Scott said the again that he liked the police lineup of the evil GLC. He's WTF! I didn't realize episode 180 was on the website. I'll download it now. <laughs> yeah, we're having. Yeah, you better, man. You better. That's right. We're having issues with our feed. We're working on it. That is all. <laughs> it's super complicated. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. Uh. And that's a that's about it for Future Shock though. Over on Twitter. Uh, there's other stuff going on that we can talk about uh, 
on on uh, our next episode as far as feedback is concerned. Uh, but because of uh, the sheer number of emails we got and the fact that we said, hey, send us as many emails as you can. We love emails and that once we start getting those emails, we'll be reading more emails than we will be Twitter and Facebook. This is the perfect example. So with that in mind, last email. Last email from Andy once again. So we're, so we got, so we're two for two here. We got two people with two emails each, which is cool. So apparently he posted this to the website too based on the – based on the way the uh, email came across. So it was related to our Valence Month episode. I think I think it might just be an email notification from the website about oh, him posting Oh, that he just site. did it through the comments? Yes. He did. Um, that's true, because I didn't, I didn't get a chance to check the site, because we, since we had so many emails, and I, want, and I replied to them before, right before we, we recorded. So that's, no, that's all right. That's on me. But, uh, I'll read it. So the con- cool. So the... Comment was great episode. Chad's comments so true. Okay, take a head bow now, Chad. We'll be- we'll believe you are, even though if we can't see that you're doing it. Take a bow. <laughs> I'm laying on the couch. I'm not moving. <laughs> Move your legs at least. <laughs> uh, Chad's comments are so true. The writers slash editors slash DC have stopped any character development in the interest of unending multi-book crossover events. You said exactly what I have been thinking. The episodes. Uh, with Kyle, Donna, Radu, Jade, and Alan were great with a balance of character development and action. The action is much better when you know the character and what motivates them. By the way, you wanted to know how we listen. I download automatically from iTunes and listen in the car. I'm way to from work. I have a one-hour drive each way. Keep up the good work. Andy! Huzzah! Huzzah! It's, I mean, I'm telling you, man, it's Andy, Scott, uh, Dwayne, and Flota always helping us out over on Twitter and super... Super active uh, over there. They they never they they never as far as I'm aware don't post very often on the forum. Nobody does. Uh, uh, and uh, stay away from Facebook except for Dwayne uh, and Scott to some extent. But mostly, man, it's 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 Twitter. They're they're the the Twitter. Um, I'm gonna see if I can come up with like a cool name, but I don't I don't think I'm I don't think I'm up to the challenge. <laughs> We'll, we'll figure one out and we'll edit it in later. Yeah, I kind of got it. And, a, and, a, and a really strange voice that you know was not was not one of ours. <laughs> yeah. It's the Twitter Legion. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> oh, right. Well, I think that's about it, right? I think so. That's a good mileage out of that. Yeah, we did. And then plus, it's all it's always fun when we when we have a story story arc or line that we like, and it's also and it's a good read too. So. And as Daryl kind of, because Daryl referenced the Silver Surfer crossover, correct? Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to doing. I love that storyline. God, I love that storyline. That was a really good, and, and even how I ended up getting that, when we do that episode, I'll talk about how I was just luck of the draw, I even got that issue back in the day with the, with the different comic store I was going to, because I had to, I had to like, uh, do a little net, pseudo networking to get that issue since they had, since they didn't have any more. <laughs> So we got emails, we had Facebook, we had Twitter. So if people want to contact us, like these fine people we've been talking about have, how would they go about that? Hmm, let's figure this out. I think they probably could email us at lanterncast at gmail.com. That's lanterncast at gmail.com. You can visit our website, lanterncast.com. You can access our forums, check out galleries, products of the week, and our movies, movie reviews, which Chad and I have kind of been doing lately, and I'm sure we're going to continue. It's a, uh, it's it's fun. It's it, 
people seem to be reading them and, and enjoying them and reacting to them positively. And it's good to – it works both ways. It's a good outlet for us since we both like movies to, to share our thoughts. So those will be posted on our website. You can follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. You can use hashtag GLCast to find us on both. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you like us on iTunes, please, please, please leave us a positive review. Last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, call us at 708-LANTERN. That's 708-LANTERN. And let us know what you think. That's right. So emails galore and uh, voicemails galore. Get to it, guys. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Boy. (laughs) I'll talk to you guys later. (laughs) Good night, everybody.